0: We've been talking about like bias and recruitment for so many years now. Everyone's like aware that it's happening. But I think this approach of like that bias doesn't stop once the hiring process is over. I think the example with you get fooled by fancy resume and like overconfident that we're hiring the right person because they have the experience, but you're not only overconfident in the hiring process. That might also be that you're overconfident in the onboarding process, in the overall like interaction with that candidate. I think that's a good perspective to keep in mind. Welcome to How We Hire, a podcast by Alva Labs, with me, Linnea, licensed psychologist and head of people. This show is for all of you who hire or just find recruitment interesting. In every episode, I will speak with thought leaders from across the globe to learn from their experiences and best practices within hiring, building teams, and growing organizations. Hi, and welcome to another episode of How We Hire. Today, our guest is Sofia Palmelius-Kolga. Sofia is a licensed psychologist with a broad background within the recruitment industry, as well as leadership development. And she's currently head of sales here at Alva Labs. She knows better than most how difficult it can be to know what to look for when it comes to finding those sales superstars. So that is what we will be focusing on today. Welcome to How We Hire, Sofia.
1: Thank you, Linnea.
0: So you're head of sales, and it's important to keep in mind that recruiting salespeople have always been important for the last couple of years. It's been hysterical Uh, there's been a lot of like pull to get salespeople in and everyone kind of needs it right so what's your view on like why is it so difficult to recruit within like the sales area actually to be
1: brutally honest also with the background that you presented coming from the psychologist background like being in the field of a consultant praying for the you know stick to the evidence, it's not tricky at all, just uh, open the talent pool, and then you'll find your superstars. Now, when I'm like, actually in the boat of, you know, having my manager breathing my back on like, what are the numbers? Are we profitable? Will we do better? How do next period look like? Then you certainly uh, understand uh, that you need to get the superstars on board and it's also so true i mean we have uh, data points telling us that one sales rep could be 10x better than another and i think like that combined makes it super scary and also so important to actually nail it and i think the other side of it is that looking for sales rep you don't know the 10x one or even the 2x one or even the like on target one doesn't necessarily need to be a person with a certain background. I mean, that is always true, but here it's even more true because you could potentially look for any individual with any background as long as they close deals. And then all of a sudden you have all candidates in front of you that you can choose among. And you also need to understand what within them should I actually look for and like who would be that superstar. So for me, and I think uh, that many are in the same boat, it's so tricky because if someone promises you that you will get the 10x sales rep, you can take whoever, but then who is that? And everyone wants that person, but no one's really know uh, who it is and how to find them.
0: I think it's interesting what you say, like you come from this background where you have helped others understand how they should hire and recruit. And now you're in the boat where you have all that information, but now you have to do it yourself what was the biggest like I guess difference between theory and practice that you stumbled upon
1: I mean everything that you say and everything that's so easy to you know say to others to do to like stay unbiased to like trust the process that is true and that is something that I literally know that I should do but it also it's so difficult because since you don't know who will perform it's easier to go with someone being similar to the top performers that you have and I think like putting that aside and make sure that you stick to a structured process and also you know try to find the levers that's outside of what one can find in a meta study like find that great balance I think that is the new part the power of the reality of you know having both some kind of readiness where you have people that actually can start perform tomorrow ramp fast as well as potential and that is not just you know just pay them like 50 on each and then you have the magic formula like also that the right behaviors like closing deals the behaviors that leads to closing deals can come from you know so many different parts and it's not it's not as easy as just 50 percent of both and then you're done you need to like like what within both will do the combination that will actually lead to a great higher. So I don't know if that's complexity or if that's like, you know, thorn towards being very subjective and also finding that it's something like outside of the structure that you also need to fit into the structure. And that is really tricky, I think.
0: So it sounds like there's one aspect that you can Predict or you can measure with like the right type of methods and the right structure and so forth. But then there's also that fluffy aspect that's really hard to understand what it is, but that will still matter. Right. Yes. Okay. So, but if we then like jump into that boat, so what should companies be like looking for when it comes to hire talented salespeople?
1: I strongly believe. And again, like I know I told one person in the sales process once uh, it was CEO of a like middle-sized company and he was like well maybe I should do this and it was a non-scientific way of finding people and then you know when you do what you shouldn't do in your role like stepping out and like becoming you and your role as a hiring manager I told him that you know what Like putting this sales process aside, like me as a leader of a sales team, I would never in my life, in this role or in another role, hire someone without having a clear view of the potential, so the natural tendencies of actually doing what they're supposed to do in this situation, like closing deals and do whatever it takes to get there within the values you have, etc. But also, you know, having a clear view on what to measure on the other side, the interviews, etc. So with that being said. I would strongly argue to don't just only say that soft skills are important, like walk the talk, if you will. Many would probably say that if I get the 10x1, as I said before, I can take whoever, but then they still write this job ad or go to external recruiters saying that I need someone from B2B, someone that's done SaaS before, like in our scenario, have some kind of recruitment background. And of course, that could be beneficial. But it doesn't need to be critical. So like walk the talk of actually, you know, dare to look outside that, you know, traditional or easy way of going about it in terms of what you define as need to have. That is the first piece. And then when you have this wide pool, make sure to know your hiring formula. So if you open up for soft skills, because that is critical, right, you need the ones that actually walks the extra mile to get to the prospect, to hunt them down, to see if you can get a sign, sending that bottle of champagne if that is needed, then you need to also assess that in a good way. And that's different from just saying, how would you go about closing a deal? You need to like look into what do we actually know about behaviors and how to assess behaviors and what lies within the person and what is actually something that you've learned So I would say widen the talent pool, make sure that you look into what is critical uh, in the role that you're looking for. And in sales, that can be different things and it can be different things in different organizations. One thing that I would love to chat around here is also like connect that to the bonus model that you use because it's like the sales can be different depending on what kind of sales you will do, but also what kind of company you are and how you decided to actually Compensate uh, the sales rep. There's a lot of puzzle to do. And you also need to be aware of like, where am I and how can I widen the pool, as well as clear criteria down to what I need, what we know that sales reps are doing uh, to become great, but also what um, is contextually good for my organization.
0: Mm. And I mean, what research says is important in most sales roles will be that they're like socially outgoing, are comfortable, you know, interacting with others, that they have that referred to as like grit but in a more scientific language like conscientiousness doing what it takes to close the deal i think that translates very very well not dropping the ball always continuing but i think it's interesting what you say with the bonus model like do you want to elaborate
1: almost all salesperson have some kind of like base salary and then they have some kind of compensation you know target based salaries and that can be on the scale some do actually walk the path of like not having a bonus model at all like rather have higher base salaries have team targets that you need to reach and like build on it's okay to have a slow month because we will do it together and then we might double it the next month i know that mentimeter for instance they're posting a lot uh, around like them going that path and i think that is super interesting and i mean going into psychology it's something within you know trust and and also feel confident about yourself and psychological safety that probably is like building that and could could really be argument an argument to have that kind of model what i do believe when you have that kind of model is that the need of being super competitive is not as strong or maybe not competitive per se it could be like also like that being commercially driven because if you're super commercially driven, then you do whatever it takes. You like you have your sheet of like, now I did sell another 50k, that will lead me with a check of. So uh, the other way of doing it, if we go to the other side of the spectra, is if we walk all the way there to have a bonus model where the 10x sales trap actually could like, you know, earn as much money as possible they could like drive around in a Ferrari because they sell so much and like the roof is endless uh, in terms of the bonus that you can actually get and it often also increases so if you reach your 100% quota like everything beyond that will actually give you a lot more money on that side like for that to to be super motivating for someone I would argue that things that we always need to look after in a salesperson, like the grit that you talked about, the competitive side, the that will, and probably also like, you know, being driven by the commercial aspects, that will be even more important. And you will probably have people, you know, really pushing for the last deals even harder. I mean, that's the argumentation. I think that scenario is also a reason for not as many go the mentimeter pot. And I think it's really cool that Mentimeter is doing that because it takes courage to actually trust your hiring process. Because if you have a higher base, then like you really need uh, the sales reps to perform. Whereas if you have a low base with a high compensation, it's low risk, high reward kind of for the company uh, to have the, the person on board. But that tied to the hiring, I think, still differs a little bit.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so we've established that there's some um like core like soft skills that will be important in like almost all sales positions there's something around i mean i kind of want to link this like bonus almost to like culture in the team how you drive that and like that will be suitable for different uh, people but then i mean you've also kind of touched on the like background aspect so if i'm a hiring manager hiring a sales team what should go into the like need to have lists on their background? I would
1: be pretty harsh saying basically nothing. By saying that, I do not say that experience from the past do not matter. It matters a lot. And this is something that I really like trying to get my head around. What's our like, secret formula in terms of, of background and what you've done before and what kind of behaviors have you actually practiced besides your natural tendencies and potential? But why I argued nothing is because... Like a certain school or a certain experience in terms of like being an account executive within, you know, this SaaS company, just because you have that on the CV, you won't know that that person will perform. And I think another aspect into this back to like salaries is that often very experienced people are more expensive because like that's the way of thinking that most hiring men are doing like the best people have been on big sauce companies, I know that for those of you nerding down in like the SaaS world, this guru, Jason Lempkin did a post around, you know, when you hire, in this case, a VP of sales, like one mistake that you tend to do is that you really, you get so happy when you get someone that's on this like huge company with great success. But what happens is that often sales slows down when that person starts Not just for the ramp being, but also because the circumstances in that company was that it probably had, you know, a huge marketing team, you know, all the one-pagers that you need, all the processes in place. So it's more of, you know, handling that. And whereas if you then step into a smaller company in another phase, you probably need to solve a lot of things yourself and you're not necessarily good at that. So I think that's one reasoning that you could tend to, you know, think wrong in that manner. But there could also be, and I have a great example actually in our team from someone, you know, actually applying to another role, not even a commercial role. But we did see in that process that that person both matched with like the natural tendencies, having a good profile, having a lot of grit, uh, being very assertive as a person. But also in the interview and also the reference taking, it came out that this person was like, even though being in a supporting role, always took the chance to, you know, do some sales. You know, even if it was like customer service, it was. but maybe you also want like, we have this opportunity which like captured our interest, like putting the puzzle in uh, to like who to, to put into what spot in our company. And I think that's really interesting. Again, if we she didn't even apply to our position. And then we didn't have a lot of like needs to have, but what if we also added needs to have then like, we just limit the pool so much. So that's the long rant about not having need to have. Then I think the tricky part, like within your specific culture or your specific branch, like what is then defined as needs to have? Because I've landed that, you know, being able to sell something is like clearly and, you know, the motivation of actually do sales. Like, it's within me. I just live for seeing opportunities to sell something. And then I don't care what you worked with or what you studied.
0: The end to the story of this candidate is that she took the sales role is one of our top performing sales reps and has been with with Alva for for two years. So it's a um, truly um, amazing story to clarify that it worked out really, really well. Okay, so, I mean, you have now built a team from scratch. You were the first sales rep in at Alva and now we're a team of like 20 uh, salespeople. But you've also helped other companies build out their sales team. So what's your, like in your experience, what's the one thing that most companies miss out on when they hire sales reps?
1: Most can agree on what great looks like in terms of like on the side when you're hired. Many do the mistake of like, translating that into then I need to have someone from this school, I need to have someone with this experience. Like you land on that you might not have the resources to, you know, teach someone a lot, because that's also the assumption when you you do junior hires, but there's a misinterpretation of what junior and senior actually is. You try to just put labels on what junior looks like and that is then someone with like low level of experience or like no education at all. And senior is like equals to, you know, being within the same field, the same branch, like a lot of years, great education within sales, etc. So I think that is the biggest one. And I would argue that similar to the example that Jason Lemkin did with like the VP salesperson, my experience from my own journey, but also like talking to many, many, many uh, hiring uh, managers and recruiters, is that you also sometimes tend to go wrong because if you believe that you also hire someone senior then you're less likely to you know nudge that person into the playbook that you know works because that person is so senior so you might start questioning yourself which of course I'm not saying that should be coachable and like learn from your employees of course you should like that's the way to go but there could also be be done in the wrong in the wrong way where that like senior on paper person gets more say when someone defined as junior could have like just as much impact and you like change something without having enough data points so I think that you should rather look for like what is working for you and again to like what you are doing or operating is also important like do you have a clear playbook do you have a team where you scale the sales team really fast then it might be more important to have someone that is adoptive to both being very coachable. That's something that's always important, but also someone that likes to follow a process, that likes to, you know, do that work. Whereas if you have like super complex sales process where it's more like you sell from who you are, like I sell as a psychologist, done this for a few years, someone else sells from another point of view, that could be a way of going about it too. But then you probably have a slightly different profile. And I don't think down to like back to your questions on mistakes that people are doing that analysis beforehand. You tend to just think that, oh, I can't spend a minute ramping this person because it's like work overload. I it's someone to be 10x tomorrow. And then you translate that into something that's not necessarily the case of like giving you that person.
0: I think that's an interesting aspect of bias. I think We've been talking about like bias and recruitment for so many years now. Everyone is like aware that it's happening. But I think this approach of like that bias doesn't stop once the hiring process is over. I think the example with you get fooled by fancy resume and like overconfident that we're hiring the right person because they have the experience, but you're not only overconfident in the hiring process. That might also be that you're overconfident in the onboarding process, in the overall like interaction with that candidate. I think that's a good perspective to keep in mind. So bias doesn't stop when you sign a contract and, and hire someone. It's a, an ever ongoing process. Okay, so we've established that, you know, soft skills is important. The culture will matter. What type of like bonus model experience can be helpful, but don't look too much into it. So, okay, where do we find this like type of talent when it comes to, you know, how do you source for it? How do you advertise for it? Like what's your best tips and tricks there?
1: I would strongly suggest like to always open up for like combining sourcing and trying to, to just organically get candidates through job ads. I think that is a really good match. And I think that again, back to, you know, being in the theory field only where I would probably argue like you don't need to source, just open up the talent pool, like just run the process as is and like keep it tight. That is still true. But I think the combination of also, you know, doing the homework of like what kind of sales role am I looking for? What kind of sales process do we have? What gaps do we have? And then also try to see like what kind of person do I then need to add to the mix? Because I think it's super important to also have a mix of junior and senior people i'm not like arguing for that that is not the case that we can't have junior senior. i just think that we need to be a little aware of how how we define it like what is senior what is junior in my head a really senior person could be someone that's worked for one year but is doing the right behaviors acting accordingly taking own responsibility like building others etc so again how do you look for it if you could think around like where if we stick to the thought of if you have this like commercial drive with a willingness of selling something, if you then ask yourself, we can do the exercise here because I I don't have like the right answer to this. Where can we find them? One way to go about it is to actually look for, instead of going after, you know, telecom sales reps, because then one could argue that if you've done that before, you probably also like you have an eager to close deals and then it could make sense to like, you know, jump the ladder and do something like business to business and maybe look from you know business to consumer sales within different formats but I also think like places as a gym and again we will find different people but if you have been in the reception or in a gym or whatever uh, you will most likely find that 50 percent at least 50 percent are very commercially driven because there's often like competitions around, you know, also doing like, don't you want the Snickers as well? Or at the gym, it's not Snickers, it might be a bar or whatever. And sell <laughs> another banana <laughs> banana, banana, and a six month subscription of gym. No, but I think you can try to look outside the box. Like where can you find the people that have that eager, but not necessarily done it already. And again, I think you also need to think about like the process, the onboarding process. How well-equipped is that to actually, you know, get up and going without knowing exactly how to? Because, of course, like, if you look at skills from sales, one thing is that you have within you just to close deals. Like, I think me, myself, is an example of that. I didn't go to, like, a proper sales school. But as a kid, I was the one, you know, competing with myself and everyone at school to both, you know, win whatever, you know, thing that was popular back that uh, at that time to like be the best win the most but also like, selling this christmas you know advertising uh, papers to get something back but i don't know the formula then on the other side knowing how to run sales there are multiple books out there like there is a formula of you like you know being great at doing a need analysis i really remember a training we had at a former employer of mine where we did this exercise of like someone were saying like oh i really have a headache like what should i do and like my first was like i have this you know paracetamol that you can have from me and she was like me the task was we should probably ask how does it feel why do you think that happened like is it related and did you just get it you know some kind of need analysis to understand like because i went for the solution at once and again i mean that's easy just sales tactics but again if you know that and like me learning that of course that helps me so one could also argue that if you did sales before that could be a great way to start too but i don't think you should be focused on like the need of being both have done sales before knowing that playbook and also know recruitment from our point of view or the branch that you we operate in so like try to define could it be either or and then you also have multiple uh, places to both uh, advertise but also uh, source
0: yeah for sure so it sounds like I mean, people that have worked within sales, but think broader when it comes to industry, seniority, background, but also look at like people that have worked in more customer facing roles, um, you know, service professions. And then I think one thing that I think you are like a strong advocate for like internally at Alba is because sales is a little bit of a different beast than other uh, departments, right? So if you find a great person, you will kind of almost always make room for that person because they will pay for themselves, kind of. It's hard to like, if you, you know, hiring an engineer, yeah, that will also in the long run be beneficial for the like commercial aspect for the organization, but it's the link is so much more vague. So I think like one thing that we have done since start is like always trying to have an open position for sales. So constantly, because you will get inbound candidates, uh, especially if you work with like employer branding in a good way and stuff like that. So not ever completely shut down the uh, we're hiring sales reps, (laughs) light bulb. Uh, I think that actually is an important thing to keep in mind because, you know, it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while you will stumble upon someone that will be a great person. So I think it's broadening the like sourcing perspective advertising where you focus on the like more need to have um and like maybe the culture and then always be looking I guess is what I'm trying to say for me when
1: I started the team being basically me that was super important you know always looking be super harsh on quality like it needs to be someone that could both book meetings close deals like do that, like onboard them if needed. That was a need to have for us to even like become some kind of company that people trust. Then again, when you're starting to scale, like this is really, it's working, customers want the product, then it's easy to go to. We have the playbooks so and now we just need to fill the boxes. And I think now when it's like, again, a different world scenario, people are like having their heads on quality again. And I think that ties really well to what you're saying. Like, how can you? Keep always looking so that even though when we step into growth again, we have like our you know similar to prospects in the sales profiles, we have the ones that we could detect that we could like keep warm, uh, and that is a work together with HR uh, talent acquisition and also the hiring managers that should always be done. But I think that many, including myself, tend to you know forget about when it's looming times, especially.
0: Now we kind of talked about what is. You know, the aspects around why we plan the process the way that we do, because we do want to optimize for soft skills. We don't want to optimize for like background. We want to optimize for salespeople that will thrive in our environment. So there's two questions that I want us to dig into. The first one is obviously like, what does the process look like for us at Alba when hiring sales reps, but then also like how you build the team aspect. Should we start with the process? So you want to hire someone to your sales team. What happens next?
1: (laughs) I call you. (laughs) I hope that you will do your magic. That is partly true. But what we do is that we often, if we're super concrete now, I like when it's concrete, when I try to listen to podcasts and learn something. And if it's too detailed, like bear with me. But we always start to find like, okay, what do we need? What role do we need to fill? And we are super keen about like, what will the process look like? So we have this kickoff meeting with the talent acquisition where we talk through like, is it because we have this job ad and we have the requirements for an account executive, let's say. But then it's always a chat of like, is it something different now? Like, do we need something different to optimize the team? So we talk that through and see if we need to do something with the requirements and the job ad.
0: And I can just jump in. Like the example would be, Early days, we focused on only the Swedish market. Then we, you know, Swedish was a requirement, et cetera, et cetera. There's how you sell the product in this market will tie into who you want to hire for that. Now, as we are expanding, other stuff will be important, just as an example of how it can differ, but also of course, team size, how ready the playbook is, et cetera, et cetera, but yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a really good add-on. And also like the need of seniority, how's the mix between like junior, senior people and then what i really like what i think like that's just the process but what helps a lot is that we we are super clear about the different steps so now we return to the one that we always use which is like okay first we will have the talent acquisition person do some sourcing we will also advertise for the role we decide upon when to go out with it and we like together see if we want to tweak it down to the requirements for that scenario and then we're also super clear about the first interview how many if we're going to hire one how many interviews do we want to run in the first phase? And then again, if we like great get a great candidate, we are agile. So I think that the one secret sauce is that we have this super clear process with like number of interviews, first ones like number of reps or uh, candidates that I uh, interview. But we're also staying agile for like you know that great candidate that might come later. So that we do. So we have this first interview with Talent Acquisition where we are looking into the competencies that we're looking for pretty broadly, like SBR questions. So tell me about a time where you saw a commercial win. Uh, Like, how did you go about it? What did you do? What happened? Uh, Why did you see that opportunity? So like connected to sales, but not like phrased as so that you need to have been within sales before. They also done the test that should be added so we do the sourcing and step number one before collecting the not requirements we don't have that many but the nice to haves so we select a few nice to have we have that you've been within the recruitment branch somehow some connection there that you've done before that you've been within b2b and again it's not a need to have it's a nice to have and they can talk about how they did that so that we just have a hunch of what they have with them Then they take the tests, uh, which is the personality test, the logic test, where we we're not sitting and like looking into details in it. We just have a scoring. So we have an algorithm of what are we looking for in terms of natural tendencies. Again, grit being competitive, being assertive, you know. Having it within you that you ask, so, okay, who will sign the contract? Do I need to talk to that person? Like, I hear that you want to come back to me, but I will just throw in a placeholder so that we can just move that around. Then, with I don't need to hunt you, you know, the person that naturally are doing those kind of behaviors. And then we have match score from zero to 100. How well do you actually match the behaviors that we see as really important? And that's also science sees as really important. And if you Follow through that, you come to an interview with me, which is more about like, what did you do before? We actually have a survey that they fill out of a previous performance. And that's what I base the interview on. So I go deep into like, can you tell me more SBR thinking, like be concrete about you say that you didn't have proper targets, but can you explain like, did you have some targets? Did everyone have that? How did you evaluate it? What was like 100% then? What was your score among others in the team? How did you like really specific questions down to their answers there? And then we have a case which should talk to like knowing to do the job. In our scenario, it's running a sales meeting. And we've been on and off of like being super concrete of being transparent of what we will evaluate and assess but also making sure that we actually evaluate the right things. For instance, you can do it in whatever language because we think that like your English skills shouldn't be blocking you. Uh, We don't want to measure like English skills here. So that's been a work that we're constantly trying to improve upon. Last step is references. Also super structured. We only do that with the last candidates. Where we use the same model as we use in the structured interview. So we ask the same questions. And I think references is something like, should you always do it? For me, it's extra helpful when you open not having requirements of been doing sales before. Because for me, in the example we took with that women that we took from another process, for me, it was super important to listen in on a reference to hear the behaviors of being commercially driven in a supporting role. Because that together with doing a case, where that person needed to sell something to me and again not having that like background it could be anything and again i wanted to see like the behaviors of you know getting to the next step getting to a meeting with me capturing my interest basically so that is the process and that's how we run it and we have a thought on how many we want to meet so that it should be efficient but still agile so we don't miss out on
0: candidates so it's Screening questions, psychometric assessments, first interview with talent acquisition focusing on like soft skills. A quick survey that you then use in your interview where you dig into like even more sales specific behaviors, and then and I mean you now you took the example of like the case for an account executive where you get to do a sales meeting and you get to prep that. If it's an SDR, it's more of like a we do like a split case with one is like writing sequence and one is more on like a call and then the the reference taking in the end. Okay, so this is the process that we've kind of used from like the early days or like from day one pretty much hiring uh, salespeople to the team. As I said, like I also want to dig into, I mean you have a background in gymnastics. You've coached the national team in gymnastics with great success. and I know that you have kind of taken, a specific approach that you use in the gymnastic team, and taking that along with you when you've done hiring for salespeople, can't you just like talk a little bit about how you have done it and how that has helped you?
1: I keep coming back to that because I think that the similarities are huge, and one can get tired of someone, you know, tying back to at my own work or my former position. But I really think that there's so many similarities. And what I saw in that scenario, both being like the head of the national team, but also when I did this like club teams within Sweden, so many great coaches, you know, they were looking for like the really best gymnasts at that time when they were trying to like optimize the team. So the ones that could do the most hard tricks, the ones with like the highest level being really high, the ones that's been within the gymnastic, you know, hour for long, Whereas, again, with bias, they didn't take into account, like, if we look back at all the competitions that's been made, because in gymnastics, it doesn't matter if you're great when you do 12 hours of training each week. You need to do it at, like, once a year on the Swedish European Championships. Like, it's one-off. And you're either out or it's really harsh. High stakes, for sure. And what they didn't look at was, like, how do they behave when the pressure is on? The one they didn't Work with the team around that. You just practice the flips, and it didn't either. You know, put that into account when selecting the team to some extent, maybe, but in a biased way, more of like the feeling of this is someone I can trust. So that was one thing that I think was crucial from the leadership team that I was part of that we actually had this, you know, Excel sheet where we have a scoring system with like. We did look for like what that is. Does it takes to win? It's three different parts of gymnastics, and like you, everyone needs to be in this like more dancing momentum where you do pirouettes and jumps. And if you like jump a little bit in a pirouette, you're out. If you want to win, you need to optimize for that. Starting up to understand the rules, similar to the role, you, what do you need to really get the results that you want? And when you understand the rules, then optimize your process for that. So okay to even get in we need people that are great at the dancing thing like otherwise it doesn't matter how great flips they do we need to have a hygiene level there and then we score them higher
0: so this is kind of like if we translate this to sales like it doesn't matter if you closed one huge deal if you don't do the groundwork of uh, always booking second meetings you're not going to have the results like over time
1: so more interested in like how did you manage to like month after month, day after day, get the results rather than like, this huge deal being the top salesperson for that year, for instance. I mean, that's another way of looking at it. But then it's easy to put structure. And what happened in the gymnastics scenario was that people got into this, you know, the best team of Sweden, where I got so many calls from, you know, their coach, the club coach and what other gymnasts, you know talking around the corner about like what is she doing this is the worst we've seen she will fail how is she thinking and again like that period we actually won the european championship and that was like the end goal and i wouldn't say that it's only because of hiring but to tie this to another example when i did a lot of uh, leadership training in another in a former life I went to this workshop with this guru about like leadership training. And he was like, I'm going to tell you about, you know, all do's and don'ts. And I was like, now I'm going to like learn everything. And what he started off saying was that I'm going to disappoint you a bit, but I will share do's and don'ts in leadership programs. But they like plus 50% impact. I think he said like maybe it's 70% impact on how well the leaders will perform after leadership training is the natural tendency stepping in. And again, I think this ties to like how important hiring is. And that is with if you're building a sales team or if you're building a national team in gymnastics. And you also need to raise the lowest bar because if that is endless to the bottom, then everything can happen. Like macro is probably the death of a company because if sales doesn't perform, then the company is dead, right? Where then that that is then more important than having an endless roof where it could be great, but it could also be a total failure.
0: I love this like sports analogy where, again, like it can be so easy to be fooled by some aspects in gymnastics. It was the super fancy flips in hiring. It can be the super fancy resume, be like overconfident that that is what you should base your decision on. And then forgetting about this, I guess, like the bulk of work that actually is behind everything where you need to do the nice spins and the nice dancing in gymnastics, where in sales, that would be again, like booking the second meeting or getting those like little behaviors in and where like you might need to focus on the highest bar and get the high performers, but also never, ever forget, like we still want people that month after month can meet their quota and that it might be different aspects. And uh, I think that's a, a good kind of, uh, metaphor to take with you when it comes to hiring and not only for sales, of course. Okay, Sophia, we have talked about a lot of different things uh, and I think it's time to wrap this baby up. So we have discussed a lot about hiring great salespeople. If anyone wants to continue the conversation with Sophia, you can connect with either me or Sophia on like LinkedIn or reach out. We'd be happy to continue talking about this nerdy topic but otherwise, thank you so much for joining, Sofia. It was an absolute pleasure. And uh, hope that the listeners will join us for the next uh, episode of How We Hire. So until then, bye-bye. Bye.